Say good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. This is Minister coming to you with our Saturday night message. We thank you for listening to us. Uh, we pray that we've been a blessing to you. Um, if you like these messages, we pray that you would, you know, share them with your family members, your friends, people um, that you are in relationship with, you know, to just hear the word of God. If you like what you're hearing and we want you to share this and spread this and because we know that it's important that we get the word of God out, whether it's coming from me or anybody, you know, but we pray that this ministry is being a blessing to you. And we just want to continue to encourage you to be with that relationship with Jesus Christ and allow us to be a part in helping you build that relationship with Jesus Christ. And we also have an app, as I said, um, you can, an app you can download it on your iPhone or your Android at Grace and Faith Fellowship and just type that in. You'll be able to download it as an app on your phone. But we want to continue with um, living for God in a godly society. How do we do that? Um, we, we started off by talking about being holy. We, we are called to live holy. And we said that holiness is a gift from God when you got saved. So, And then when you believe that you are holy, then there's going to be the fruits of holiness, okay? But tonight, we want to focus on, um, we talked about identity last week, choosing your identity, understand who you are in Christ Jesus. It's important when we're living in this godless society to understand your identity because it, the world will try to make you change your identity, for maybe forget about who you are. And so we can't forget about who we are, even though we're living in this godly society and things are going on. Um, we can't forget our identity. That's also, that's really, really, really important that we remember our identity, to stand in our identity and not allow the world system <clears throat> or the world ideas to change who we are. So tonight we're going to talk about, our subtitle is talking about choosing your stand. Cause we're called to stand in this guy. So, it, and you know, it may be tough, but we're called to stand. So we've been coming from the book of Daniel. This is where we've been. Our foundational scriptures have been coming from the book of Daniel, where Daniel stands. And I'm going to read um, <clears throat> from the book of Daniel, chapter one, verse eight. And it says, but Daniel was determined to not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So we talked about that, how Daniel, even though him and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they were <clears throat> chosen by Nebuchadnezzar, very young men, smart young men, very educated and Nebuchadnezzar won the best of Israel's people when they was in captivity. He captured Israel was in captivity by Babylon. And so when they were in captivity, Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted the best, you know, young man for Israel to be a part of his government and things. So he the thing was to indoctrinate them for three years. And one of the things was to make sure they eat. The Babylonian food. But Daniel, under the Jewish, the Mosaic law, rather, um, there was certain food they couldn't eat. And Daniel 
decided, you know what, I'm not going to eat these foods. And he asked the chief of staff of mission, okay, not to eat those foods. He said, just give us bread and water and we're going to be fine. And we know that God worked that out where he didn't have. They didn't have to eat. They were just as healthy, Daniel and his friends, as the people who were eating the Babylonian food. And so what we're saying here, we're talking about choosing your stand. Daniel took a stand on what he believed was right according to the covenant that he was under. And we have to do the same thing. We have to, in this godly society, are you willing and are you bold enough to take a stand for the truth in a godly society? They, we, we want to stand firm for God's truth. We, we want, but how do we decide on our personal level when, when to stand for truth and when to sit down and pray and wait for God to change hearts? So this is the dilemma here. So when do I stand? Here's the dilemma. When do I stand for the truth? Okay. And stand on God and speak up. Or when do I sit down and pray and wait and ask God to change that person? Huh? When do I just be as about be a witness or be, you know, let people look at my life. And maybe sometimes people are changed through looking at your life. So when do I do that? And that's not always an easy thing. It's not an easy question. But that's not an easy question. But they're never decided all at once. So this is why it's important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So he can instruct you and teach you when to take this stand and how to take that stand. Because that's very important. How do we take this stance, you know, and stand for God in a godless society? Because sometimes, you know, may lose your job, you know, taking a stand. Well, if that's what if, if, is that what God wants, or does God want you to stay there and find another way to take your stance without even losing your job? So you have to be relationship with the Holy Spirit. But as a teenager, Daniel resolved to take a stand over what he would take into his body. Later, he made tough choices and resolved to tell the hard truth to powerful kings and to continue his spiritual discipline of openly praying, even when he he knew it could cost him his life. So we see here today, and we get into that maybe later on, you know, if we continue this series, but Daniel had to, he made some tough choices. So he made it here, made a stance on what not taking his body. And then we read later on in the book of Daniel, how Daniel was told not to pray and he be stood on that, even though he knew that it could cost him his life. But every time we stand for what is true, it helps us stand more easy the next time. Okay, so you, we have to take a stand. And so when you, you may say, this is, may not be easy for you. Maybe it's something you've never done. Well, it, you got to take a stand at some point. And I think as you do it, it makes it easier the next time because you took a stand. So it's not always easy, especially living in this godless society. But we got to be willing to take a stance. And like I said, as we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he will direct us and show us how to do it. But you cannot be afraid to take a stance. 
that's what I want to point out tonight. You, you cannot be afraid to take a stance for what is right in a godless society. We know you're going to be unpopular. We know we land, we live in a cancel culture. You may get canceled or you may get fired or you may receive a lot of criticism. You know, and that's not only from in the public eye, but also maybe from your family. You know, favor from people who are close to you. When you take a stand for what's right, everybody's not going to support you, but you got to be willing to choose to take the stands regardless of who is. God's got to be your number one priority. So thankfully, uh, as Paul reminded us in Philippians 2, 12 and 3, uh, we have a God working in us to give us clear guidance about these decisions as we pray read and obey his word and share with other believers and trust and listen to him so we have a god that he he give us clear guidance god will give you clear guidance on when you pray on what to stand on how to do as you study obey his read his word you know he's going to show you how to do it you trust and listen to him but we gotta once again be sensitive to the voice of god so i want to read uh let's go to um Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And we're going to read it from the New Living Channel translation. And it says, Dear friend, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is important, even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now listen to that scripture. Okay, it says work hard to show the results of your salvation. Okay, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. He says that. Listen to that. He says work hard. Now let me explain this because sometimes we can misinterpret the scripture and say we're working for our salvation. But here the Philippians... They were encouraged by Paul to be faithful in his absence as they had been in the present, in his presence. Notice that he did not tell them to work for their salvation. Okay. Rather, he told them to work out their salvation. And there's a difference here. You understand it? He didn't tell them to work for their salvation. He says to work out. Okay. If we're working for our salvation, that means what Jesus did on the cross was no good. If you're working for your salvation, if you think that you're doing things to keep your salvation and work and keep it, be wrong. We don't work to keep our salvation. Jesus paid for it all. So if you're doing good deeds, if you, you say, I'm taking a stance to make sure I keep my salvation, then the Bible don't teach that. Okay. It says, notice it said the phrase to work it out. When you think of working out, just like exercise. What do you do to work out your muscles? Uh, you work out, you exercise, you lift weights, you, you run, you train, you're working out. You already have the muscles there. But as you begin to work, work out, exercise, those muscles get developed. Okay. Okay. Working out don't give you muscles. You already have the same thing with your salvation. Jesus gave us salvation. 
through the finished work of Jesus Christ, it's been paid for by him. Now that we have, we, we, we accept what he has given, we work it out. It's the salvation is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. It is a gift of God that can only be received by faith. When we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord, God puts salvation and all his blessings in us. But we have to work it out. So notice that salvation came by Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. It is a gift. Now, you got to get that tonight. You cannot work for a gift. If you have to work to keep a gift, it's no longer a gift. The Bible says it's a wage. Okay, this gift is something that you don't have to it. So we've been given salvation by Jesus Christ, what he did for us, okay? And how did it say we receive it? We receive it by faith, not by performance, by faith. Or you don't keep it by performance, by faith. So this thing where people say, well, you can lose salvation. No, you can't. There's nothing. Let me say that you can nothing you can do to lose your salvation. Nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. No works can cause you. You know, bad works can cause you to lose your salvation because then that means you are earning your salvation. And if you earn your salvation, it didn't come from Jesus. Okay. But in those that I want to really pause here. It says, um, it says God put salvation and all his blessings in us, but we have to work it out. Okay. So a lot of times we limit salvation to just forgiveness of sins. But notice it says here, God put salvation, all its blessings in us so where's so we talked about holiness it's in us when you got you got salvation you got holiness everything is in you you when everything let me say everything that you need is in you the day you get born again okay everything you need jesus put it in you so you don't have to pray to get it you don't have to beg God to get it. All you have to do is, as I said, work it out. Access it by faith. Okay. And then you release your faith. And then there's a corresponding action to what you say you believe. So the thing is, you don't have to pray for peace. You already have peace. It came with salvation. That's part of your salvation package. Holiness is part of your salvation package. Righteousness is a part of your salvation. Love, the, the, the God kind of love is part of your salvation. Healing is a part of your salvation pack. Prosperity is a part of your salvation. Gentleness, self-control, you know, uh, kindness, gentleness. All those things are part of your salvation. And it happened the day you got born again. Okay. And so now, so what is you? What do you have to do? Well, you have to work it out of you. Just like it says, your muscles, you have to work them out. 
you have to believe firstly that you have received all those things. Now you have to work them out. Now you can ask God to help me to work these things. I need your help because I'm struggling, God. I need your help. But they're inside of you. They're in where they are. They're in your born again spirit living on the inside of you. So the phrase work out, I mean, according to here's some of the definition, it means to carry out to the goal, um, to carry its ultimate conclusion. Uh, we say the student worked out a, a problem in arithmetic. That is, he carried out the problem to its ultimate conclusion. This is the way it is used here. The Philippians were ex exhorted to carry out salvation to this ultimate conclusion, namely Christ-likeness. So what are you working out? I'm work Christ is on the inside of me. Okay, so when I'm working out my soul salvation, I'm working out the Christ-likeness that's on the inside of me. Yeah, he lives on the inside of you. So therefore, you have to work out the Christ-likeness that Christ put on the inside of you. So this verse also reveals that this is a divine enablement that wills and is able to perform God's bidding in our lives. But there is an effort on our part too, okay? We have to work it out. This work needs to be understood in the light of the labor spoken of in Hebrews 4. Okay, and so we have to cease from trusting in ourselves and rest in God. Okay, and so and that takes effort. So let's look at I want to look at Hebrews 4. Okay, let's go to Hebrews 4, and I'm reading from there. Let's start at verse 1. Verse 1 here, and it says, God promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. So here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. It says, hey, that rest still stands. Okay. It, and it talks about some of us might fail to experience it. Some of us may not, is not experiencing that rest because we haven't believed and received it by faith. We don't think we have it. So we're trying to get it. So anytime you don't, you think you don't have something and you got to work to get it, then you're not going to be resting. You're going to be doing everything to get it. And a lot of believers, maybe that's you, are trying to get peace and trying to get uh, righteousness and trying to get prosperity. No, it's on the inside of you. And the moment you receive, you believe that, you'll get it. But it says here, number two, for the, this good news that God has prepared this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. And he's talking about Israel, but it did them no good because they did not share the faith of those who listened to God. So the reason why they wasn't resting is because they didn't believe. I think King James said because of their unbelief. They didn't believe. And maybe you're not resting is because you don't believe. Maybe you can't take a stance because you don't believe who you are. As we talked about last, you don't believe in your identity. You don't believe, you're not resting in your identity. You're not taking, and then maybe that's hard for you to take a stand because you don't have an embrace who you are. But it goes to verse three, it says, for only we who believe can rest, enter this, his rest. 
As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath and they will never enter my rest of place. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. So he says, you're not resting. So now you may be asking the question, well, how do I rest? You rest in your thinking. It's first got to start in your believing. You have to believe in who God says you are. Okay. So in, in one of the key here that we talk about here is work to take a stand. You got to work out your salvation. It says with fear and trembling. Okay. Take a stand and believe who you are. And it takes effort. What effort in your thinking? It's, that's why the, web, the scripture says be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay. We're, we're working out our salvation. We're not working for ourselves, but we are working it out through rest in Jesus Christ. And then as we believe, we will see Christ's likeness come out of us. And so the Amplified, Amplified verse puts it like this. It talks about this verse as work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete it. Your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. So now that's a lot. We said a lot here. How the Amplified verse puts it. It says, first of all, we do this. We don't, it says self-distrust. Don't trust yourself. See, we put a lot of confidence in our flesh and we shouldn't be doing that. You should not be doing that, putting trust in your flesh. It says with serious caution. So we could remember, we live in the God's side. You got to do it with serious caution, with a tendency of conscience. So your conscience should be engaged here. Understand who you are and whose you are. And I understand I'm living in a godless society and I still have to take a stand. It says watchfulness against temptation. So in order to live in this now, we got to watch temptation because temptation is out there. It's going to come out. The enemy is coming after you. Where does the devil loose? But we have to watch temptation. It, just, it says timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God. So my question to you tonight is, are you doing something or are you involved in something that is offending God? He still loves you. His love would never change for you. But ask yourself the question, am I doing something by me? Am I living for God in the God's society or am I doing something to offend him? It says to offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Are you doing something or are you involved in something that's going to discredit his name because remember that's who we're living for and what's happening is society this society that we live in is causing some believers to engage in something that's discrediting god or that's offensive to him and we don't want to do anything like that see maybe you maybe you're more concerned about offending the world than offending God. And our, our loyalty should lie 
with Jesus Christ. That's why our loyalty should lie. It says God is always leading our born again spirits, okay? Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? In the direction of his will. So there has to be a leading. There has to be a guiding of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has it has to have an influence on your life. And that's what pleases him. Okay. This is what pleases God, being led by his spirit that lives on the inside of you. This is what pleases him. And we want to do what pleases him because that verse says, it goes back to saying, hey, it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the things you need to please him. Okay. That's what we want. And yet we have to say, and what we at, we have a say in what takes place in our lives. You have a say in that. Don't ever think that you don't have a choice. You got a say. And I know that we all give to them and say, well, you know, I got to do that. And But you do have a say in what takes place in your life. You do have a say. God puts it in. God puts it in, but we have to work it out. So God puts everything that we need on the inside. But guess what? You have to work it out. That's your part. God have already did his part. Because a lot of times we, in the Bible, class, we, we say, well, you know, I'm going to pray and I'm going to move God. Well, doctor, that's incorrect because God already did all this moving. God did all the moving he's going to do. So when you're praying or you're fasting, whatever the case may be, you're not moving God, okay? Because God already moved. Well, I have scripture to back that up. He said, the last thing he said on the cross is it is finished. He said, I'm done. So anything we do, we're not moving God. We're actually, we're moving ourselves toward God. Okay, we're not moving God. Okay, so let's look at the next thing. Uh, in Ephesians 6, it tells us we have every weapon we need for this spiritual battle. So in order to take a stand, okay, in order to take a stand in this godly society, we've been equipped for the battle. We have every weapon that we need. And Ephesians 6 says that. So I'm going to read from New Living, New Living Translation, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And we're going to read this. It says, Paul says, final word, a final word, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mouth, might. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the times of evil. Then after the battle, then after the battle, you will be still, still be standing firm, stand your ground, put it on the, the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news 
so that we will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery dust of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Be alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. So we see in this scripture, he tells us everything that we need to fight this battle. Everything that we need to take a stand. To put on the whole armor, not some of it. We got to put it all on. But as Paul tell, told us how we can live victory in this present age. So he tells us right here in this scripture, it tells you how we can live for God in a godless society. He tells us how to do it. In spite of, he tells us how to do it in spite of the satanic oppositions. It is through God's ability. So the enemy is going to come after you if you take a stand. And we see in Daniel, it's like the enemy came after him when he took a stand. But it's through God's ability that he has given you the tools you need to take a stand in this world. We become victorious Christians when we live by the, the power of God's might. Our weaknesses are not an issue if we are drawing on the divine power of God. You may have some weaknesses, but they won't be an issue if you drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. So we got to access that power. You can't do this. You can't take a stand in your own ability. You may be saying, I know I feel somebody saying, well, I'm fearful, I'm scared. Well, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and salvation. As you tap into this divine power, you know, hey. God would deal with that fear. We, you can conquer that fear. But you have to be living. You have to be doing this by, by the power of God. And, and one of the greatest secrets of victorious Christian living is, is not just a changed life, but an exchange life. See, this is one of the secrets. Not only did God change your life, but he made an exchange. He said in exchange for your power, I'm going to give you mine. He made an exchange. What did he do in exchange? He took our sin, gave us his, his righteousness. Okay. He took all our stuff and then gave us his. That's what he did. It's an exchange life. Now we live by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not your faith. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. I live by his faith now, not by my own. Not by my own, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Paul said to put on the whole armor of God. Just using part of God's armor will not fully protect us. So you got to put on all If you're going to battle well, if you had your whole arm, that means you are vulnerable somewhere. And we don't want to go with this. You're not going to be able to take a stand if you're not fully dressed. Okay, so many of us Christians have been running around with our helmets of salvation on and nothing else. 
And I love that because you say, well, I'm saved and I've been forgiven and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And thank God for that. You are on your way to heaven. You're going to be with Jesus one day when you draw your last breath. But if that's all salvation is, if all you did was put on the helmet and left you vulnerable, you didn't put on the breastplate, you didn't put on truth, you know, you didn't put on peace, you didn't put none of that stuff on, you didn't equip yourself with prayer, the sword of spirit, you haven't been studying the word, okay, you're vulnerable, okay? If you, you just run around with just the helmet on, you still, you still vulnerable. And there's more to overcoming the devil than just being saved. Let me say that again. There's more to overcoming the devil is than just being saved. There's more to overcoming this world to this God than just being saved. We have to understand that our our righteous position in that the Lord, faith, the word, and the gospel of peace. So we got to say that's all that. You're right. You got to understand we have a righteous position. We have the Lord for us. We have faith. We have the word. We have the gospel of peace. Okay. We have all those things. So it's more to, to just overcoming that and just being saved. And that's what the enemy is banking on that you just say, okay, I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. And you know, I'm on my way to heaven. But you're losing the battle. Okay. This is why maybe you are not, as a Bible time, being more than a conqueror in this godless society. Has, my question to you tonight has: does society have more influence on you than God does? Because if it does, you're not taking a stand. If you, have you decided I'm going to live my life the way I want to live? I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. You know, hey, and now I'm going to live my life the way I want to live. And now you're living a God society. And then you give in to the appetites and the temptations and the ideas of this world. Have you done that? And if you're doing that, then you're not taking a stand. You're not doing like Daniel and taking a stand and says, you know what? I will not defile myself. That's one of the things we guys, I would not defile myself with the appetites and the temptations and the ideas of this world. I will not do that. I'm going to take a stand, even though it may not be popular, even though it may, I may receive some criticism, but I'm going to take a stand. Paul made it very clear that our warfare is not against people, but against the spiritual powers that operate behind the scenes through people. So understand it. So your fight is not against people, even though we know the enemy is attacking you through people. Okay. And we understand that. But understand who the real enemy is. The real enemy is the devil. And he and we he has principalities, his powers, and place in heavenly places. Okay, we are we we so I understand people, but we gotta be careful not to be angry necessarily with people, but the spirit that's behind pushing them or influencing them 
to do these things to us. I understand that we got to do warfare. These, they are being influenced by the devil, by the enemy. And so he is the one that's doing this. Okay. I understand it. So understand that behind the scene, Satan is walking behind the scenes through people. Therefore, we cannot win a spiritual battle with carnal weapons. Okay. You can't win the battle by cussing them out. Uh, you, you, you can't win the battle by, you know, not always, I'm not saying in taking the court and stuff like that. That's not always the answer unless God leads you to do that. It's not always the answer. But we, we must realize that the real enemy is and fights with spiritual weapons. The Lord has given us. We must realize that, that who the real enemy We must realize who the real enemy is. And fight with spiritual weapons the Lord has given us. Second Corinthians 4. It says we, we pull down strongholds. And we come against everything exalted against the knowledge of God. That's what we do. We often think that anger will put people in their place. See, this is what we do. Is that you? We think the anger will, if I just get angry with somebody and cuss them out or, you know, and, and God doesn't, he don't want us using that language, but we think to get angry with people and fussing at them and come at them tough and, you know, just ranting and raving. We think that that's going to put them in that place. That's going to solve them. It says, but the wrath, here's what the James 120 says, it says, but the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay, you being angry with him and fussing him out and screaming at him and hollering, it's not going to fix the problem. That's not going to conquer. Anger against people may makes us play right into the hands of the devil. See, that's what the enemy wants you to do. Once you get angry, you know, say things and you may lose your job or it may cause you to act out. You lose self-control. You may end up behind bars or being charged with something or you embarrass yourself. I mean, this is what the enemy, you plan right into his hands, okay? The way to overcome the spiritual powers that come against us through people is to turn the other cheek. Now, I know that ain't popular with the body of Christ, okay? And that's Matthews 5 and 39. I know we don't want to hear that. But this is, but that's the word. I, you, you can, we can not receive it if you want. But it says Jesus told us to turn the other cheek, not retaliate. And I know that's not, that's hard to swallow. You, I know you saying you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. But he tells us here, Matthew said, turn the other cheek. That makes the demon flee in terror. So that makes the demon flee because the demon want to get you to act out. Our natural tendency when we are poor is to hoard or to steal. However, when we are not engaged in the physical battles. Okay. So that's that's the thing about it. 
you know, our natural tendency is to hold the spirit. That's your natural tendency. Otherwise, what am I saying? If you just doing what comes natural, okay, hey, that's what you're gonna do. You know, once you get in the fight, what's your natural? It's fight back. When you know, when you poor people poor, what they want, what's their natural tendency? Well, you know what? I can't get a job. I'm gonna go steal. But through giving, it's talked about that. It says when we are in need, we, we frustrate all Satan's plan and lose the power of God on our behalf. So it's talking about natural tendencies. Don't give in to your natural tendencies to do things. No. When we are taking a stance, okay, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us as to what to do. Because you may be saying here, okay, I don't know what to do. I know, I know what um, in my job or whatever the case may be is wrong and I don't agree with it. But if I take a stand, what's going to happen? Well, I go back and say, you have to allow the Holy Spirit. And you have to put on the whole armor as we talked about here. See, put on the whole armor. Equip yourself to fight this battle that we're in as we live in this society that does not recognize, recognize God like we do. And so you have to be willing to take a stance. So what stance are you going to take? What stance are you going to take? Are you just going to give in to the appetites and things of this world? Or are you going to take a stand as God called us to, as we live for God in this God society? Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every ear that's heard this word. I thank you for just speaking to us through your word. God, I thank you for the authority that you have given us as believers. God, to speak the truth in love. God, to stand that your word says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So I pray, God, that you would give us the fortitude and the mindset to stand for you, even in a godless society. God, I pray that you allow us to be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to us and show us how to stand in this ungodly world. And God, most of all, as we stand, give you the glory and the honor. I, I speak to those who are listening, to those who are fearful, for you said your word, I come against fear. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. And we come against fear, that the fear that's paralyzing us and keeping us from standing in the truth. But God, I thank you for giving us the boldness to stand on your word, even when things are coming against us. And we come against him right now. We bind him against take authority over him in the midst of our society that God, we may stand and be strong and we bind him. You said with us, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever we lose to us. So we release your anointing and God, we pray that thank you for allowing us to be a light in this dark world that people may see Jesus. And I pray for every listener and I thank you for receiving it by faith it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you once again. We'll be back again with you next week. We thank you for listening. Once again, share with your friends if you love this message. And I pray that 
you'll be a blessing to somebody as we go through next week. Once again, thank you for listening and bye-bye.